Good morning and welcome to episode 96 of the Good Stuff Kids podcast. I'm your host, Mike Mason, and you found my show. I talk to the creators of certified and bona fide good stuff for kids and families. And on today's show, I talk to Tim Kubart. Tim is a musician. He even won a Grammy. He is also the producer and star of the Sunny Side Up show that you may have seen on Sprout. It was really fun to talk to Tim. There's a few surprises in here, things that he's done that I did not know about. Make sure you stay tuned all the way through to hear everything that he's done. Of course, if you're the kind of person who loves good stuff, and let's be honest, who isn't, you can find all the back episodes at www.goodstuffpod.com, or they're also available on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. If you need to reach me for anything, like suggestions for what to have for lunch, or you have ideas for the show, or you want to be on the show, or... I don't know. Like, the options are unlimited. Like, what's the best pizza topping? I, I mean, that is very, very subjective. Subjective means that it's a personal opinion thing. But it is potentially black olives. But it could also be, uh, if it's deep dish, it's finished. I mean, it could be a lot of different things. Let's not get into it now. But Mike at Good Stuff Pod, if you want to reach me on all the social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Good Stuff Pod. Thanks for listening. You're going to love this one with Tim Kubart. Talk to you at the end of the show. Whoa, fakey ending. Make sure you listen all the way through because once it sounds like the interview ends, it actually doesn't because Tim and I had one other piece of information to talk about in terms of what he's done, and it is a very, very, very powerful thing that he did. Secondly, stay tuned all the the way to the end after the fakey ending to hear Tim's song, Breakfast Club, in its entirety. Good stuff. Tim, how are you? Welcome to Good Stuff Kids Podcast. I'm great. Thanks for having me. Totally. So you are um, you're sort of the, the epitome of good stuff. You got a lot going on. Uh, you're a busy guy. And I think that for us to get the full picture of, of Tim, the, the actor, Tim, the musician, Tim, the morning show host, we got to go back a little bit. So do you remember where or what you were doing when you thought that you would be a, a good kids entertainer? Yeah, absolutely. Um, when I was going to college, I went to Fordham College at Lincoln Center on the Upper West Side. I was a theater major, but I was taking a lot of other classes, too. And I was taking a theology class, and part of the class was I needed to um, volunteer a certain amount of time. And I volunteered at a homeless shelter for women and children. Okay. I was taking care of in the nursery. I was uh, playing games and helping them with snack time. And the director of the homeless shelter found out I played guitar and sang songs. Um, at the time, I was in kind of a like joke band in college, uh, which was it was sort of always children's music. But I told him I never played for kids before. All right. Uh, and I didn't know any kids songs. And he said, well, learn some. So I learned the wheels in the bus. I wrote a song called The Octopus Song. And the first time I played was for the kids in the nursery. Um, and really within a song or two, within a minute or two, I just kind of knew that this was what I was going to do. So uh, I was 21 years old. I'm 32 now. So for uh, 11 years, it's all I've been doing. Wow. So, um, so within a minute or two of doing it, you knew. That's an incredible, an incredible insight. 
Yeah, I, I feel like it's similar to when people say they, they found the person they want to be with the rest of their lives. I just, it was like, oh, this is what I do. Yeah. Um, so I've just been doing that. Nice. Like, no messing around. Like, let's just get to it. That's that's great. Yeah. So you, did you, so after the, after the musical, after those gigs, after doing the volunteer work, what was the, uh, what was the path? What was the goal? Uh I, I I kind of looked back at the things that I loved uh, growing up, and I I don't know. I just the goal for a while. If someone asked, "What do you want to do?" I said, "I want to be on a, a TV show with a puppet." Uh, <laughs> so I, I I tried to kind of do everything that I could that would hopefully get me there. I mean, I played uh, I've played over nine hundred kids' birthday parties, um, mommy and me classes. I've played over five thousand, uh, and I just. I kind of put everything I had into it for a long time. Um, I, uh, I, I, I got as many, uh, as, as many gigs as I could because I felt like even besides making things, I needed to get better at it. And uh, I find the more I play for kids, I, I learn every time. Uh, the nuances of, um, of the different age groups and how to, how to play for, for the crowd that's in front of me today. Um, so working on that and working on the craft and, and writing songs um, and at the same time really trying to make as much money as I could, I was, <laughs> I was, I was living in a one-bedroom apartment on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. And at a time in this one-bedroom apartment, there were five people living there. Oh, nice. <laughs> so that was, yeah, for a while, for a long time, it was three people. For some time, it was four people. And for a little bit, there were there was five people living there for like six months. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I, I took on a, a, a second job in the evenings. I was the director of a high school marching band. Oh, my gosh. Wow. And, uh, What's that? I, I just said, "Wow, that's a, that's an unexpected twist." Yeah, I uh, <laughs> a friend of mine. She was the she was the dance captain for a marching band on uh, in New Jersey, and uh, their director had to leave. I took it on, and uh, I found out how much it would be. And I knew at the end of the season, I could use that money and I could make a music video for kids. So my first music video, superhero, was funded fully by a full uh, season of marching band. Wow. Did you know what you were doing, or were you like, oh, I'm going to figure this out as I go? A little bit of both. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, was, I was really lucky to have an amazing drum major, uh, a student who knew as much about uh, marching band as I did. When I was in high school, I was a drum major. Uh -huh. um, so I, I loved marching band in high school, but, uh, but then I went to college for acting and hadn't done marching band for years. Um, but it was it was nice to go back, and I did that for a few seasons. Yeah. Uh, and it was really everything was to was to make more stuff for kids. That's all I was trying to do: make right. stuff for kids. Right. You had a, you had a little run on uh, on Law and Order, didn't you? Oh, one episode. Yeah, <laughs> I I I've stayed on as an actor as well. Yeah. Well, um, it's actually funny. A lot of a lot of uh, people in New York City who who uh, do children's music, do birthday parties and mommy and me classes. A lot of them are actors. Yeah. Uh, who are um, kind of funding their life uh, so they can work on their acting career. And I just stayed an actor because every once in a while I would get something and it would help fund my children's music career. That's so great. That's so great. So so take us to uh, landing the, the Sunny Side Up gig. Yeah, um, I, I actually was thinking of um, moving at the time. I was, um, a lot of things were kind of coming to an end in New York City and... Uh, 
and I was going to move to Los Angeles or Austin, Texas. My best friend, Matt, was living in Austin. Mm -hmm. uh, and I got an email from a casting director that had known me for going in for kind of like brooding parts and the CW things I wasn't right for at uh -huh. all. Uh, and she sent me an email and, and said, I just got the job to, uh, to do casting for a children's television show. And this is, this is the thing you've been waiting for. Uh, so I got in and she says now that um, knowing me for, for Sunny Setup, that was the, the best work she's ever done because she had known me for years and uh, knew that all I wanted to do was be on a children's television show. That's all I, uh, I wanted. I wanted to do for years. Nice. So, um, so when she came across her desk, she was like, "Oh, this is the thing Tim's been waiting for." <laughs> well, it's so great that she remembered you and knew you and knew you would be the right person for it. So when, when... yeah, it was it was a really great time. It was it was it, it was a one a wonderful day when when I got the phone call. Yeah. Um, when I finally got the phone call that we were doing it. Uh, and I moved down to Philadelphia for a year because that's where Sunny Setup was. Okay. Um, and after a year in Philadelphia, I I was planning on leaving New York. I Philadelphia was not in the plans at all. Yeah. Um, I fell in love with Philadelphia throughout the year, but uh, then after after a few months, they said, "Oh, at the in, in another eight months, we're moving to New York." Oh wow! <laughs> so, so I moved back to New York, and uh, Sunny Setup uh, was happening out of. Uh, at a 30 Rock, so uh, it's on the same floor as the Tonight Show. It's kind of incredible to be in the building. Whoa, whoa, okay. I did not expect that. 30 Rock. Oh yeah, that's where that's where that's the show comes cool. out of. It's, pretty uh, cool. Yeah, it's very cool. I mean, the roots are walking around. <laughs> You're just like, hey, what's up, Questlove? What's uh? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah he's around and uh, and kind of whatever whoever the guests are they're just in the hallway and yeah. we're we're in a, a small studio on the same floor yeah. i mean there, there are some funny things there's one time i uh i was sitting in my in kind of the green room and it just sounded like someone was yelling in the hallway uh so i walked over and i poked my head out and it was just miley cyrus talking <laughs> at her regular level <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> she was just ha kind of having a conversation. And to me, I was like, someone's yelling out there. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. So have you ever been starstruck when you walk by someone? You're like, whoa. Uh, I mean, definitely the, the biggest thing for me, uh, this is probably more of the parents will who are listening, uh, um, was when I saw Keenan and Cal, and they were wearing the Good Burger outfits. Oh, welcome to Good Burger, home of the Good Burger. That's amazing. Exactly. <laughs> oh. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Um, but then we've been lucky enough on Sunny Setup uh, to have uh, guests coming through. So um, Julie Andrews came by, and we had a tea party once, Whoa. which was... Yeah, Julie Andrews asked... Uh, uh, I asked Julie Andrews for uh, some sugar in my tea, and she said, how much? Whoa. <laughs> so I... I got to tell Julie Andrews, may I please have a spoonful of sugar? Oh, whoa, that is incredible. That was, that was a very special day. And then Michelle Obama was was the best day of my whole life. Yeah, I was gonna ask about that, but um, so so we'll get to that, I guess, or or maybe cool. oh, now now's the time. So, what's it like to meet the first lady or the the former first lady, I should say? Yeah, it was it was such an exciting day, uh, and I, I'm. So, was such a big fan of hers and still am and all the work that she does for kids and her Let's Move campaign. Um, and uh, we did a song and dance and she walked in knowing it better than me, even oh. though <laughs> <laughs> uh, she, she, she learned it. 
from from a video, and uh, she came in b better than me at it. Uh, it was it was quite inspiring to have her there. Yeah, that's incredible. So, how long have you been doing the Sunny Side Up show at this point? Uh, about four years, uh, and okay, so four oh, years, four years on Sunny Side Up, and how, how many? How many days a week are you working on the show? Uh, the the Sunday setup schedule. Uh, we're on air about five days a month, but we also write and produce all of uh, the songs and all the sketches that we do. Yeah. Uh, so it's not just being a host, but uh, working with a team, working in an office, and getting props together, go, writing a song, and going to the music studio and recording the backing track for it. Oh. So it's kind of all hands on deck to yeah. sort of show. Well, luckily, yeah. uh, segue alert, luckily you have the uh, the chops to go into the studio and, and lay down the music. That's an added bonus that they get with you, right? It's <laughs> it's nice. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i not a producer myself. I'm more of a songwriter. But I've been lucky to have um, m one of my closest partners. His name is Dominic. Uh, he does music for Sunny Setup as well. But he's also the producer of all of my records. Oh, cool. So you get to work with him. On the records and on the show, that's great. So let's yeah, we run there all over the time. <laughs> cool. It's good to have a partner like that. You know, it helps the creative process. Someone who knows uh, you and, and you can sort of speak truth to each other. It's important. Exactly. We met each other playing uh, uh, mommy and me classes. I think eight years ago uh, on Long Island. I I said hi. I was making a, an. Uh, EP for kids, my first EP called The Greatest Party Ever. I didn't know that you needed a music producer. I thought you just got your friends together who can play instruments. Yeah, just record it live, right? Yeah, well, record, you know, let's record the drums and let's record the guitars. I didn't know that it can be someone's job to say the guitar should be playing this part or yeah. uh, needs to write out what the horn parts are as opposed to just getting a trumpet player to come in. Yeah. Uh, so... Dominic came by to play keyboards, and then uh, we were recording some background vocals, and he thought, oh, could we do the background vocals slightly differently? And uh, then he turned to me and said, can I stay every session from now on? Wow. I said, sure. And then he ended up just sort of producing the first EP, and he's just been my producer ever since. That's, an, that's amazing. So, like, tell me a little bit about the, the songwriting. You know, the record... Right, you are a Grammy winner, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But tell me what, like, how do you have the time to, to write the music and to put out the record? I guess I'm just I'm baffled by your time management skills. It's very impressive. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thanks so much. Yeah. Uh, it's it's what I love to do. I mean, I it's, it's kind of almost all day, every day. I I work on uh, with Sprout Monday through Friday. I'm doing concerts on the weekends, but whenever I have a day off. I'll, I'll start working on songs. I also have a songwriting partner. Uh, he's one of my best friends. His name is Matt. Uh, he was the one who was living in Austin, Texas. Right. He just recently in New York so that we can do more stuff together. Oh, cool. Um, uh, for the previous records, I would look at my schedule and see that I'm kind of light for two or three weeks. So uh, for previous records, I flew Matt to New York and uh, we just hung out with guitars and wrote songs for a few weeks. Yeah. Uh, whenever, whenever I could, I would go to work and come back, and we just write songs the rest of the night. Um, and yeah, I mean, he he's been working with me since the beginning, and we really we kind of decided on what 
what what a Tim Kubart song is and what's something that's on the record. Mm-hmm. So now it's more kind of picking topics and sort of exploring those and just finding sometimes finding the topic is is the hardest thing to find and then writing the song once we're excited about something that that actually comes a little bit easier right so well so that's interesting you said what a tim kubart song is so tell me what is a tim kubart song uh I, there's so many different ways that children's music works and so many of them work and and there are kids artists doing all different things and big fans of lots um but for for me i wanted to write things uh that are uh, personal that uh, speak in the voice of a kid. Uh, I like to say that everyone was a kid once, so everyone can relate to these songs because we've all been through this. Mm-hmm. Um, childhood is a universal thing for humanity. True, um, true, true. <laughs> it is, yeah. yeah. Uh, so they're, they're all speaking, uh, spoken in the voice voice of a kid going through something kind of simple, maybe, maybe a simple milestone, like a first day of school, and then uh, trying to find... Uh, some type of message that that grown-ups or all ages can hang on to even if it might not be their first day of school maybe this song is more about uh, just kind of a big life change a big milestone in any way and then all of the music needs to sound like it could be on the radio right now that's that's always the goal yeah uh, we we pay close attention to what's what's on top 40 radio because we know that's what kids are already listening to so so we try to meet kids lyrically with where where they're at but then also sonically with what they're hearing all around them when they're in the car and just just top 40 radio is on um and then just think about how these songs could work live as well because i i think of myself as a performer first before a writer uh-huh. um and writing songs i'm always thinking about how how will this translate live is there a big dance move everybody can do during the chorus yeah. um so finding finding those songs too are really yeah. important for everyone well you must incorporate some of the tricks you've learned with like all the birthday parties and and like gym, you know music <laughs> everything yeah. has has fed into what i do i mean it 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 takes a long time to kind of figure out the way that you do it right. um so if anybody and I think that's that's with a lot of different performance, a lot of different art. Um, but finding the thing that works for me, I needed to perform for two babies on the floor and perform for a bunch of nine-year-olds who uh, who think they're too cool for everything. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. yeah, nine, no, nine, okay. But I've been I've been thrown in front of you know eleven-year-olds, and I'm like, oh no, I'm a children's musician. And they're they're gonna yeah. eat me alive. And figuring out what to do in that scenario too, and then right. finding something that that can work for for a for a mixed ages as well. Yeah, and I think that's a great message. You know, like being able to be flexible, being sort of I guess confident in your abilities, and and being able to sort of shift on the fly to to meet all these different levels. You know, because there's the kids and the babies, and then there's the parents, and like, oh, what are the parents thinking? Yeah. In children's music, I find especially. Uh, I, I play in one other band called Postmodern Jukebox, and I find every time we play, it's kind of the same scenario, and it's always it always goes very well. And uh, but when I perform for kids, uh, every place I go is completely different. The kids are different; there are different ages. I'm in a different room, um, and. And my band all knows this, that I don't write set lists. I, they just need to know the 30 songs that I might play. Oh, that's great. Um, 
because I I don't know what I'm going to do until I get on stage and I and I and I kind of decide in the moment, oh, this is this is the type of show we need to give them today. Yeah. Well, that's great to be able to have that flexibility and trust in the musicians around you too to be like, all right. Folks. Yeah, most musicians uh, we've been playing together for years, so they they know even within the first few words what song is next. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Um, so yeah. you beat me to a postmodern jukebox. I was going to ask okay. you about that. So, I mean, just you have a very specific role in postmodern jukebox. So t- tell folks who may not know about the side of you what you do in this band. Yeah, I have an alter ego. His name is Tambourine Guy. Uh-huh. Uh, it's, it's hard for me to even speak that I'm tambourine guy it's more that tambourine guy is someone else i don't even really know him uh-huh, uh-huh. Sure. <laughs> but i i play <laughs> i play sort of the clown in postmodern jukebox uh it's been such a wild ride and the most unexpected thing of my life okay. um i was playing birthday parties and scott bradley who's the creator of postmodern jukebox which is this youtube channel that has millions of views we take current songs and we play them like they're from different eras right uh, but before there was postmodern jukebox uh scott and i were playing birthday parties together and uh scott had this idea of playing a nickelback song like a motown song <laughs> uh, because at the time a uh, nickelback was set to play the detroit halftime show on thanksgiving uh-huh. And it was in the news that, that Detroit was really upset that Nickelback was playing. Uh, so Scott thought, oh, we do Motown Nickelback. is the best of both worlds. Um, so I remember saying, Scott, you need to do that. You need to do that tonight. What a great idea. And I don't even really remember how it happened that I was coming over to play the tambourine. I'm not sure <laughs> if I asked him or he asked me. But either way, that night I, I went over and I played the tambourine in my friend Scott's basement apartment. And... Uh, <laughs> I was smiling a little bit, and the next day the video had 400,000 views, Whoa. and everybody was calling Tambourine Guy. Whoa. So, so Unbelievable. Since then, uh, Tambourine Guy has become kind of a part of Postmodern Jukebox, and I've been able to tour the world as Tambourine Guy, wow. um, because I think the top Tambourine Guy video has like 7 million views. Um, I, I normally do one, one or two videos a year for Postmodern Jukebox. Yeah. Uh, but, and it's what's really wild is there are parts of the world that respond uh, very strongly to Tambourine Guy. Yeah. Uh, one is Russia. Um, really? <laughs> I've, oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, it's, it's been amazing. I, I get messages all the time from people around the world just saying, I was in a bad mood and I watched a Tambourine Guy video and thank you so much. Um, and one night, I, well, I woke up. And I had, I don't know, a hundred messages all from Russia. Um, and my Facebook page had thousands of new likes. And they were all from Russia because one video had gone kind of viral overnight in Russia. Wow. Um, you, you never know, right? You never you know. You never know. And <laughs> I've, I've been fortunate enough to take two trips to Russia to go play the tambourine. Uh, <laughs> this is, the last time... Amazing. In, in Moscow, I, I jumped out with my tambourine and I looked out and there were probably about 30, 40 tambourines that went in the air. People were kind of uh, saluting. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, 
<laughs> but but then and then like just kind of everyone had a good time with their tambourine in the audience too. It was really that's it was amazing. really special. Yeah. I like to say the tambourine guy isn't a member of Postmodern Jukebox. I'm just the biggest Postmodern Jukebox fan that has made it on stage. <laughs> that's so great. That is so great. So what's the just, video? Just what, enjoying music. Yeah. What's the without video? Any what what was the video that had seven million views? So people can check that out. It's a it's a, a Demi Lovato song. It's called "Really Don't Care." So it, when I need to show someone, I just type in the words Motown and Demi Lovato. Okay. And then it comes up. And it comes right up. Wow. So wow. Okay. So so the record won a Grammy. You're in Postmodern Jukebox playing the tambourine. You're on Sunny Side Up. You got a lot going on. Everyone should check out the music. It's very good. It's like pretty sophisticated. And I love Carly's rap on Breakfast Club. Like just shout out to that. That's a great, a great tune. So well done on that. Collaborator. She's one of the best friends in the world. Yeah, she's, she's, she is pretty amazing. Very high energy. It's pretty great. Um, so you won a Grammy for the record. You, did you go to LA to accept it? And did you like see everyone there? I did. Yeah, it was, it was. It was a, such a day. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> um, I, uh, yeah, we, we got to go to, to the Grammys, um, and I was only sitting in my seat for a few minutes because uh, there's red carpet and things to do, and my, my bandmates are, are texting me, where are you? Yeah. They're about to get to, our, get to our category. So I run down, and I sit down in the seat. And they called our name, and I, I was so surprised. I... I didn't really write a speech, but I jotted down a few names on a piece of paper yeah. just to remember to make sure to thank my mom and dad. And things. <laughs> smart, smart, smart. So I got up and uh, I just kind of talked and went. If anybody wants to see uh, the speech, if you go to my Facebook, just facebook.com slash Tim Kubart, uh, it's pinned to the top of my Facebook page. Oh, cool. uh, so you can, you can see the speech there. Uh -huh. um, and uh, yeah, and then you kind of... I. Figured I had not been in the audience for very long, and there's an earlier section of the Grammys. The big televised show is at night, right? And I figured I was talking to a lot of independent artists because that's what I did. I and all of my music is funded by myself. Um, and then I realized that uh, Skrillex won two after me, so it's like, oh, Skrillex definitely heard my speech. <laughs> um, <laughs> Ed Sheeran won a few after me. Wow. Uh, but after I got off stage, uh, I you take a picture with the person who's in charge of the Grammys. And after seeing him, the first person I saw was Alice Cooper. Oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> wow. So Alice Cooper walks up to me. It just was absolutely wild. And he just puts out his hand and he says, hey, man, great speech. Wow. And if any parents remember Wayne's World. Of course. Millie Wakay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I wasn't trying to be funny. Yeah. I, it just came out of my mouth. He was shaking my hand and I was looking at Alice Cooper in the face and he said, great speech. And I said, I'm not worthy. <laughs> Perfect. Oh my god. It just came out of my mouth. I wasn't trying, I wasn't trying to be clever at all. Yeah. How did he take it? <laughs> it just, you see Alice Cooper and yeah. it's just your brain just clicks and you say, I'm not worthy. Yeah. I think. I mean, absolutely. If I saw him, that's exactly what I would say. That's that is an incredible story of all the people, right? Like great yeah. speech. What do you say to Alice Cooper besides "we're not worthy"? That's really yeah. wow. That's it. Wow. We're not. So, is there is there any music coming in the future that we can look forward to? 
Yeah, our new album, we're getting started in August. Hopefully, um, by early 2018, we'll have something out. Uh, new songs, uh, they'll be uh, seen on Sprout as well, starting in the fall, some of our new songs. Cool. And a um, uh, new book coming out as well next year. I'm, uh -huh. I'm putting out a book with HarperCollins called Oopsie Doo. Uh -huh. uh, it should be out next spring and there will be a, a song on our next record called oopsie do as well wow it's just like every medium really that's amazing okay thanks so much yeah that that is just trying to just trying to do what i do in all the different ways that i can yeah it's i mean you know tap into all your talent you got a lot of it and you should share it that's great so um yeah no problem how can how can we find you how can we connect with you there's the website cool. i assume yeah TimKubart.com, T-I-M-K-U-B-A-R-T.com. And then for all of the social things, at Tim Kubart. Okay, so you got at Tim Kubart on the Facebook and the Instagram and the Twitter and all those things. Yep. All right, well, um, I can't thank you enough. It was so cool to hear your story. Uh, you are, you're the best. What can I say? You're the best. You're the best. All right, thank you so much. See ya. All right, take care. Tim and I, we're back. Tim, there was something we did not talk about, very important. What did we miss? Oh, well, I just, uh, I also work for Sesame Street, which is a new thing for me. Whoa. Um, awesome. Writing songs for Sesame, uh, which I've been a fan of forever. Um, and it actually came out of, of uh, Twitter. I, uh, the music director of Sesame Street, his name is Bill Sherman, when he got nominated for a Grammy because he worked on the Hamilton record, oh. I, sent him, I sent him a message uh, over Twitter, just saying, "Hey, congrats on that Hamilton nomination." Do you, here's my children's album, and I didn't even know he was the music director of Sesame Street. Oh my gosh. But then I, he he listened to it and he sent me a message. And the first uh, the first thing he sent over was for Julia, the 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 Muppet with autism. The new Muppet, yeah, yeah, yeah. So for her first episode, uh, I was able to write. Uh, kind of her introductory song, uh, which is between her and Elmo and Big Bird and Abby Cadabby. Yeah. And I'm a big fan of children's media and everything that's going on. Uh, I had known about Julia for six months, a year, and he sends this to me. And he's like, here, here's your first one. And I'm like, Bill, this is a big deal. Yeah. So, yeah. so it was, it was, um, really nice to be trusted with that and sesame puts so much work into what uh, uh into how they presented julia um so there were a lot of revisions back and forth but to to write something that i know has been seen around the world now um the day it came out i, I saw a a uh, a news station in uh like singapore or uh yeah, I think it was Singapore, where it was just a bunch of kids watching watching it in in a in a in a movie theater. Oh my gosh! No, it's kind of a worldwide thing. Uh, the day Julia premiered. Yeah, well, that's that is. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm gonna play this up a little bit because I think it's truly like immensely important. Um, that's a really big deal. Like that's historic. You know, the the first. Um, you know, sort of, dip, well, at least on Sesame Street, right? Which is a yeah. show that so many kids watch and so many parents trust to to have the depiction of uh, a puppet or Muppet with, with autism. And for you to write that song, like, that's, that. thank you for doing that. That's what I want to say. Thank you. Oh, thanks so much. I mean, it's, 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 it's an honor to be able to work in the field.
Big thanks to Tim Kubart for sharing everything that he does. Pretty amazing. I wish I had that kind of uh, that kind of energy to make that kind of output. Quality, quality output. Good stuff, certified. Now here is Tim's song, Breakfast Club. Oh, but before that, obviously, if you need to reach me, Mike at GoodStuffPod.com or for all the old episodes, www.GoodStuffPod.com. Thanks to Beth for hooking me up with Tim. Talk to you soon. I'm going back to school today. The sun is rising as we start up our Monday. I'm waking up and feeling great. Cause I'm getting ready in the best possible way. I just get out of bed, drag a comb across my head. I don't have so far to go. If I dash down the stairs, I could be the first one there. I think you already know. I'm going to the breakfast club. Let's start our day with us. Welcome to the breakfast club. We got good things coming daddy slept through his alarm yeah he's got work today but my mom needs the car he's gotta bust the catching tan but he's got time to squeeze a little hanging in well he just gets out of bed puts a hat on his head it isn't so far to go when he gets down the stairs he'll have minutes to spare Everybody find your seating. Roll call. Can I get a good morning? That's the club greeting. We got to get to eating. Aren't you glad you're not still snoring? There are membership benefits. We got jelly and toast. It's no wonder everybody likes our club the most. You want to eat sweet? Say, mm-hmm. Plates of pancakes and cereal to spoon. All in favor of flavor? Say, all right. Bowls of berries and bananas. Bet you want to take a bite. Mm. And that's the way it goes. Wake up, show love, and we out the door. We'll be back tomorrow, cause it's not the end. Same time, same place, we're gonna meet again. My parents and my sis, we're here in breakfast bliss. When I notice we almost left somebody out. He's sitting there wagging his tail. Those puppy eyes never fail. I grab his food out of the pantry, and I say, good boy, that's right. Who's a good boy? You're going to the breakfast club. Good morning. Let's start Club. 
death.